0: Jimmy Buscombe, welcome to the Surf Coast Creators podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the pod and finally get a chance to chat with you. We've been itching to have someone from Warrnambool on the podcast, an established artist like yourself, so it's great to have you. Yeah, we're shaking things up a bit in season three, so we're going to jump right into our first segment. So, first segment is called Breaking the Ice. We're going to ask you seven short questions. Sure. Just to get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready for breaking the ice? (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Number one, where were you born?
1: Uh, I was born in Melbourne, in Kew Hospital, Kew in the Hospital. eastern yeah. suburbs of Melbourne, in 1972. 1972. A long time ago for probably many <laughs> of your listeners.
0: <laughs> and just turned 48, we understand. 48 yesterday. So ha- big happy birthday from all the Surf Coast Creators community.
1: Thank you. Where did you grow up? Uh, in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. So I grew up Montrose, and Kilsyth, and then Croydon, the outer eastern suburbs, where um, There wasn't a lot of art back there. Yeah. Went to a public school.
0: Pretty hardcore in Croydon. Industrial sort of set up.
1: Yeah. I remember Magna Zubanski said you can take the girl out of Croydon, but you can't take the Croydon out of the girl. (laughs) I kind of
0: feel a bit like that. (laughs) Thanks, Magna. (laughs) (laughs) Question number three, breaking the ice. Full-time or part-time creative? Uh, Full-time now. Full-time for,
1: I think, about four years. Four years? Yep. Was a chef for... 22 years I've done i am like done a million and one different things studied industrial design then went left that because I thought I wouldn't get a job in industrial design in Australia went and studied naturopathy for a couple of years oh wow pulled out of that as well I've started I've uh, ended more courses than I've started I think <laughs> um,
0: so Jack of all trades master of worked nine? for
1: Ikea as a sign writer for a while and really then yeah. fell into hospitality and then just never left so 22 years.
0: Four years as an artist. Now we'll come back to that, but that's that's very interesting to hear. So <coughs> it takes a long time, basically. So age 44. Yeah. You became a full-time. And artist. And I think you're
1: never too late to give it a crack as well. You know, yeah. some of the. My wife does a lot of research into artists, um, and there's a lot of artists who start late in life and make yeah. a. Fledgling career from it.
0: Yeah, we spoke to Alison White in season two. She's a, an artist from Geelong. <coughs> And yes working mum and artist. obviously been a very talented artist for a long time but yeah still having a red-hot go yeah
1: yep I won't mention
0: her age because she'll kill me but (laughs) 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 she's got two boys and yeah still having a red-hot crack so it's great number four on our icebreaker session camping or glamping
1: oh is Is there a gray area because I do love just camping yep but I do have to admit we have a Lotus Bell glamping tent so it's this inflatable tent it's actually a
0: dedicated glamping tent
1: it's sort yeah it's small though it's well small it's three meters across some of these glamping tents are 10 meters across and you can fit fireplaces and all sorts of things (laughs) ours is ours fits a double bed and a couple of suitcases or bags or whatever
0: very nice so sounds like glamping you're leaning towards glamping Midway, he said. <laughs> up, up. I
1: think there's a grey area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> certainly not a swag under the stars kind of guy. Yeah. But um, yeah, a, and you know I like to take my gas cooker and my stovetop espresso machine and <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. There's, that's a bit glampy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's I'm really not selling glamping. my case for not being a glamper <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um. So we, I think we need to add a grey area. So camping grey area or glamping for that question? Yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting to hear. Uh, number five, your favorite TV series? Oh wow,
1: um, there's so many
0: amongst the thousands. of... I
1: th- think only because it's most recent, um, The, the Queen's Gambit has blown me away. Oh, the I really like that one. Yeah. Extraordinary show. Uh, made me want to go and buy a chess yeah. set, <laughs> which I didn't do. Which I did do after I saw. Uh, my octopus teacher. I didn't buy a chess set, but I bought. Snoggles, uh, snorkels, and goggles and flippers for my family and I. Oh, really? And we haven't been out. Haven't been yet. out, no. Because no. we live in Waurn and it's
2: crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah, the Southern Ocean, way <laughs> too cold. <laughs> Bit nippy, but yeah, the Queen's Gambit was amazing.
0: Yeah, Jess has got right into that. We watched. A while, I fell asleep episode two, but
1: um, and I kept going. I didn't want to Jess wait. It's so it. good. Going. Yeah. I'm actually in a the massive castings. fan of chess,
0: so
1: i oh, so it was all <laughs> old hat to you, so you just fell asleep. Cause yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Seeing it, you know, in the ceiling, all the all the different players. Yeah. So she sort of visualizes it, doesn't she? Amazing. Yeah. How it
1: ends, I won't give the spoiler, oh, yeah, but it was a bit yet. too. I don't know. I'll let you judge it when okay. you see it, but yeah.
0: yeah. Well, Queen's Gambit's are available Queen's on Gambit. Netflix. Netflix. Netflix.
1: And I'm, I'm a hardcore Seinfeld watcher oh, yeah. as well. I've got the box set from many years ago before <laughs> yeah. it was on digital.
0: I'm a massive Seinfeld fan. So Mind you, some back, we've so watched
1: lately, it's like you wouldn't get away with that humor oh, these yeah, days. Yeah. Some yeah. Of them are so wrong. It's very 90s. And very 90s and you wouldn't think think that um seinfeld would be politically incorrect but he really is sometimes and for for these for today's standards
0: yeah it was a story about nothing got a little birdie up there in the the trees i should mention for our listeners that we're in a park in geelong (laughs) because you are on assignment at the moment we'll come to that but um so number five your favorite tv series number six busy during COVID or a little bit flat
1: very busy very yeah. busy yeah selling artworks doing public art um, selling our, we've got a coloring book and a 3d chalk art book and so yeah very busy yeah nice. especially with the coloring book we came out with a um, 3D trick of the eye coloring book at the first lockdown which yeah. we'd always planned on doing and then suddenly I that's a long story but I do I do uh, an artist in residence at an aged care facility in Warrnambool Lindock Lindock Living um, once a week twice a week I go there and I paint murals on the walls and chat to the residents and they all hang out and that's been going on for two years yep. but that obviously stopped at lockdown Yeah. and we'd been sitting on this idea of this trick of the eye colouring book and we went well let's make it happen and it just exploded yeah. it was great so that made us very busy
0: oh cool I did see that book just before we left on your website mm. I thought that's actually something I'd be interested in downloading and, and buying and I know yeah. got a few copies, so I might have to purchase one after this episode. Sure, or sure. Just under the table. We actually <laughs> end,
1: it ended up getting on Channel Nine News, local news, but then every city in the country picked it up, oh, and wow. so it got national airplay.
2: That's awesome.
1: And of course just blew up. I think we sold 2,000 copies. And for the 2,000 2000. copies we printed them locally on recycled paper because that's all important to us is supporting local businesses. So Spectrum in Warrnambool got the job and we printed them all but they were loose leaf colouring in pages in a folio. That we then had to compile. So we fold every single one we've had to fold and <laughs> that page, that page, that page, that page. Yeah. So that, right. it actually filled up lots of weeks of packing and shipping yeah. and dispatching.
0: The joys of publishing. Yeah. We'll come back to that as well. And just speaking of national coverage and all the rest, we have, do have quite a big story for those who don't know about it. So we'll come to that in a second. Your other story of national coverage <laughs> <laughs> that uh, wasn't supposed to really happen in the first place. No. But uh, number seven. Is creativity a matter of nature or nurture? So is it something you're born with or is it something that can be taught?
1: I I think a little bit of both. A little from column A, a little from column B. I think some people are had, do have a natural sort of skill in, in, in well, in anything, but in arts. Um, but I think even if you do, you still need to work at it to hone that craft. And for me, it's actually about... It's always been about following the joy, like following what makes you happy rather than necessarily what you're good at. And I didn't do art for 20 years um, while I was chefing because that was fulfilling this creative passion, chefing. So, but yeah, back to the question. I do think it's probably a little bit of both, but it's certainly something that you can, if you're not naturally gifted at, but you love, you can get better at. Work at it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very consistent with some of our previous guests and they've all sort of said uh, a similar thing. So something that you can definitely nurture, and I'm well, probably a good example, having a finance background and now getting into solar photography and all the rest for the past yeah. five years. So definitely something you can work at.
1: And I think it's one of those things that the arts are one of those things that's innately human as well. That as humans we we dance, we sing, you know, poetry with the spoken word for millennia. Yeah. It's just yeah. naturally what we lean towards as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think a good answer. So I do apologise. We've got a bit of wind in the background coming through, but um, we're in a park and you're on assignment. Maybe we can start there. Do you want to tell us about your current assignment here in Geelong? So thanks, first of all, for doing our seven hot questions to break the ice. It's no a, worries. a new little segment we've introduced. That's good. And I think we got to know a lot about you. I Just feel
1: like feel like I know you now and <laughs> we can move on. I think we know your full story, so
0: that's it. Job done. <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Um <laughs> No, let's let's chat about your current assignment here in Geelong.
1: Yeah, I'm here for... I got invited a couple of months ago down for Christmas by Geelong, by the City of Greater Geelong Council. Yep. Uh, to do six chalk art temporary murals for part of a Christmas um, adventure trail. So each one has a letter attached to it, so the idea is that there's 24 sites across the region that all have either artworks or there's some giant postcards, there's some Christmas trees, and they've all got letters attached to them. And you take the kids out to all these different spots, write down the letters that you find at each location, and that ends up creating a phrase. And you enter that phrase into the website on the council website, and you can go in to win prizes and all sorts of things. So I'm doing six of the 24. Um, They're all in the trompe louis, um, trick of the eye, kind of ilk, um, 3D art. Uh, and quirky and sort of I'm highlighting native animals and Christmas themes and yeah each letter.
0: That's cool so we basically we found you in an alleyway just off Packington Street this morning so yeah really appreciate your time to record the podcast this morning so a project like you're doing at the moment how long does that take typically?
1: I put in I was expecting one a day so six days but I've been rained out for a day and a half so yeah, yeah, and a day and a half behind,
0: but Plus that's all right. Birthday celebrations and the rest, or that that's, didn't interfere.
1: No, that was planned. That was planned. Yeah, I am getting uh, almost hourly messages from my ten-year-old daughter saying, "When are you are coming home?" Aww, Which is yeah. hurting, pulling on the heartstrings a bit. <laughs> yeah, but Amy. I also need to be need to be sure I don't rush the job and yeah. do a half-baked <laughs> yeah. job just to go and see my daughter. She'll be fine.
0: What's your yeah. daughter's name?
1: Frankie Rose. Frankie Rose.
0: Frankie Rose. Big Rose? shout out to Frankie. She'll be tuning in. Yep. How, how old is sure? she?
1: She's ten. Yeah, yeah ten. just turned ten.
0: It's only Frankie or yeah just or... the one
1: she was actually um, born she was a micro premier she was born three and a half months early oh wow. um, All right. alright due in February 14th and born on the 7th of November so we had three months at the women's hospital and yeah so after that we decided one was enough yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, very good so married as well yep Yeah.
1: to Sheridan Sheridan, Sheridan, Big Sheridan shout out Nealblock. to
0: Sheridan she'll be tuning in as well so Let's go back to your origins as an artist, so a bit of time spent growing up in Melbourne. I'm sure a lot of people are probably asking, you're based in Warrnambool, how did you get to Warrnambool? Let's go back, first yeah. of all, to Croydon and your passion for art. Was it there at a young age?
1: Um, through school, it was definitely there. And I went out of um, high school, I did you know, art and design subjects at high school, and then went into TAFE. In uh, outer eastern College of TAFE it was. It's now Swinburne TAFE in the eastern suburbs. And did art and design for two years. And from that I got into industrial design. Um, studied that for two years and then got glandular fever, and pulled out of that after that because I just it wasn't I wasn't feeling it.
0: Yep. yep. Then Literally work. wasn't weren't feeling. It. Yeah, I wasn't Pleasure feeling. And fever can wipe it own, wiped me a bit. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it also, I think, having that time off made me realise maybe I was just doing it because I was doing it rather than doing it because I was passionate about it. Yep. Because yeah. it's essentially product design, you know, designing toasters and yeah, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, it's not the most inspiring. Not for me. It wasn't the most inspiring course yeah. to do. Is
0: yeah. that going down that path of oh, I need to generate some income from my art? I don't know. I think I it do was more art just. on the side?
1: I think it was just more that thing of this linear path that i didn't stop to question at that you know it's 16 17 18 we're just we're sort of set up to make decisions on what we're going to study and then that's going to decide what we're going to do for the rest yeah. of our lives who knows at 16 i know 50 yeah. year olds who don't want to know what don't know what they want to do when they grow up you know yeah. yeah at 16 it's hard so i think it was just something that i was doing and didn't question yeah and ended up at Swinburne uni studying this course that wasn't really me yeah.
0: yeah so you dropped out of that and dropped out of right that then. and
1: actually at the time I was working for ikea furniture part-time um just in sales and ended Doing up in the side their packs in and <laughs> yeah ended up in their decorator team as their sign writer so i got to oh, do cool. sort of graphic design stuff there and um this
0: and is then back I, in the early days of ikea this is
1: this is like 90 what would have been, 93, 94,
0: 95? They were there in Australia back then?
1: Yeah, yeah, None, they had three stores. Oh, so right. Nunna Springvale and Moorabbin.
0: I grew up in Ballarat, so didn't even know what Ikea was until I think about age 22, 23. There so you go. I had to fill out my first apartment, so <laughs> <laughs> fill out the first rental.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I worked for them for a few years and then what did I do? I left there and f- started studying naturopathy. I don't even know why, but that that I was sort of going down this angle of being interested in nutrition and yep. natural medicine, and thought that'd be fun to study.
2: How far through did you? Two get? years again. Two years. <laughs> two years.
1: <Yeah. laughs> yep, two years into that, left that, and at the time was working in hospitality, working in a vegetarian restaurant in Greville Street in Pran, and kind of just stayed doing that, and ended up again i think just because it was what i was doing ended up chefing for 22 years and didn't really pick up a brush or a pencil in that whole time no
0: that's amazing amazing. so whereabouts were you chefing just in and out of restaurants yeah
1: little cafes and restaurants and this is all melbourne um some big restaurants um you know big 300 seater on the river kind of restaurants and then some little quirky cafes and yeah yeah. and then i ended up at series environment park in Brunswick um, which had an organic cafe so my naturopathy and stuff led me into organics and that became my circle of people and through that discovered this amazing environment park in Brunswick um, that's on an old tip site that's got an organic farm and an organic cafe and a permaculture garden and all this sort of stuff and I ended up working there for seven years um, yeah doing chefing and jobs. hotel management and stuff and then
0: uh, So there's an eventual move to was there more after that?
1: No so that's when I met Sheridan so she had done all this other stuff in her life and moved to the UK and then come back to Melbourne and we met I was playing in bands then she was a band photographer Ah. it's probably a little bit too much information but I'll go there anyway, you can cut it out if you don't (laughs) Um, and we met through that and started seeing each other and then I think a year or two in, she said, how about we, I've got this little house in Warnable, should we go and have a sea change for six months? And that was 11 years ago. That's how it happened. (laughs) That's how it happened. The switch to Warnie. We moved down there and literally we were going to go for six months. And I remember walking out onto Granny's Grave Beach, dropped her off at a job interview and walked out to the beach and I just put my arms out wide and looked up and down this beach going, oh my God, I mean, a kid who grew up in... Kilcythe and Croydon where the nearest beach was St Kilda Beach where you can get sea lice if it's (laughs) the wrong day so suddenly this amazing stretch of ocean just incredible never looked back
0: oh it's absolutely beautiful when you drive down there Warrnambool can be a little bit windy a little bit like today but um, it's a magnificent area I can see what you mean yeah and so you say basically there for six months, ended up, you're still there, 11 years still later. Still
1: there, yet, 11 years later. So I ended up head chef of a big restaurant down there, Bojangles, which is this oh, old warnable institution. Um, a chef there for three years, and then our daughter was born in November early. And we were given a flat in, by the Royal Women's Hospital gave us a flat in Carlton to live in while she was, yep. cause she was in hospital for three months, three and a half months. Yep. My wife stayed in Melbourne and I worked because it was summertime and I was head chef of this huge restaurant yeah so I went back every weekend and then I did we got her home and we decided I'd quit work and my wife would go back to work as a psychologist and I'd stay at home and do daddy daycare and yeah. so I was a house dad yep and this is where my art started okay. so I painted a blackboard on the wall to do drawings for her mm-hmm. and I drew this big um, coralline, chalk and my wife didn't really knew i did art very much and she walked in the door and there's this big coralline black and white chalk drawing (laughs) and um she put on facebook and another friend asked me to draw his dog yep oh wow Um, he was an artist and we had asked him to commission us a piece for our new home and he said will you draw my dog and i'll draw this piece for you and I said, I haven't drawn a dog before. He's like, you'll be fine. Just draw me a dog. And it was yeah. a Dalmatian. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And he was this young, 24-year-old guy with eight squillion f- friends on Facebook. And he put it on his Facebook page, and I just started getting orders. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. So I was chefing. I was back chefing at this point.
0: Yeah.
1: Doing three days a week. So I was doing three days a week in a kitchen, at a little place called Bright Bird Espresso, and then doing one pet portrait a week. Yep. Right. And then the pet portraits went nuts and I couldn't keep up. And it got to a point where our grass was about four feet long and there was dog crap everywhere in the <laughs> backyard. And I think we were standing at the kitchen window and my wife said, we've really got to do something about the lawns. And I just lost it, like, not lost it angry, but I just, the stress of everything. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, this isn't why we moved to Warrnambool.
2: Yeah.
1: I've got all these pet portraits. I had six pet portraits waiting um, I was still working three or four days a week and wasn't keeping up with day to day. I said, Something's gotta give, yeah. I'm gonna quit the art, this is ridiculous. Really? I'll just chef, we'll keep it simple.
0: So you actually said I'll oh, yeah. quit the, art. Quit the yeah. art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You thought and I'm my like-
1: wife turned to me, psychologist who's really about positive living and yeah. said, No 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 no, quit chefing. I was like yeah. that's I said, to her, that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Said so people say don't give up your day job and here you are saying give up your day job. Yeah. And at the time we so were listening to that's a real
0: a, sliding doors moment.
1: Yeah, it really was. And we did you actually argued sit down for
0: like a little therapy session? And
1: well, we it was actually a long drive to Bright. We were going to a friend's wedding in Bright, six and a half hour drive. Yeah. And we listened to a podcast um, by Tammy Simons called Sounds True, and it's kind of a bit of a spiritual, you know, live your best life kind of podcast. And it was one where she was just talking about how she started her publication business. And it was so inspiring, and it was literally about following your dreams, following your passion. And at the end of that, we got to the wedding and locked it in. We said, Right, when we get back, we're going to quit. I'm going to quit chefing and do full time art. It crazy. Yeah. And I remember saying to a friend at the wedding, first person we bumped into at the wedding, he's like, How's your drive up? Sharon goes, Yeah, great. Jimmy's decided he's going to quit chefing and do art full time. Wow. And, and this guy turned to us and went, Good luck with that. That's not going to work.
0: Oh, really? There's no money in that. No (laughs) money in
1: that. that. And we were like, no, that's not our story. We're not going to prescribe to that.
0: That's amazing. So it's basically got to the point where it was too stressful. It wasn't really... uh, I think a lot of our guests have been through that period where they're kind of... Juggling. I'm really passionate about this thing. It's not bringing in much money, but I'm passionate about it and I want to keep moving forward with it, but I have to give up safety and security. For you, it was more about the stress of the whole situation yeah but similarly
1: like my instant leaning was to go we'll drop the hobby keep doing the career and at the time you know i mean a chef i'm earning what 25 bucks an hour slogging it getting up at 4am to start Mm. cooking muffins at five o'clock and working till four o'clock and yeah it's a hard job i used to say to people about chefing um, they'd go, oh, that must be fun. i go, yeah, you know, the hours are bad, but at least the pay is shit out, because it's
0: just, yeah. you know, this... Vicious circle. Yeah.
2: I wanted to be a chef when I was it's such a hard growing up. And they said, if you want to work 16 hours and a day, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, someone turned me off the idea of chefing, so I really like cooking, but, yeah, there's no way I'd be able to cook for 16 hours and stay passionate about it. Yeah. It's just such a long time. Oh, tough gig. And it's yeah. that moment,
1: like in chefing, you get... For four times a year, where you get to write a new menu, and it's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. And then, for three or four months, you're just bashing out the same food that yeah. you've just designed every single night.
2: Yeah.
1: It's crazy. So, so and I, I mean, I loved it. I did it for 22 years. I wouldn't yeah, have done it for 22 yeah, yeah. years
0: if it didn't. I didn't if you did it. like it. Yeah. So four years ago, that was the trip to Brighton. That's when you said, "I'm all in as yeah. an artist."
1: Yeah. Yep. So I had six pet portraits waiting to be done, um, and it was kind of, I don't know what time of year it was. It was second half of the year so be well before christmas and of course i did those six pet portraits we worked out if i could do one a week i'd earn similar money to what i was earning but my wife sheridan said well i'll pick up more clients so she sort of that's where we've we've often pivoted like that one will if it's not working for one the other one will take on a bit more to alleviate the pressure so they can make a change and yeah and we've done that a few times back and forward Yeah. Um, so she took on a few extra clients we, we worked out I could easily get one pet portrait a week and of course I did those six and there was nothing yeah normally I'd do one pet portrait, put it up on Facebook as a paid ad, put a hundred bucks on a paid ad get and I'd more. get one or two more yeah so it was sort of growing which is how I got to six yep. that I couldn't keep up with and then at the end of the six there was literally not That's one good. inquiry and did my you wife think it
0: was over at that point
1: yeah I said what do I do should I go back to Sheffield she's like no like you keep pushing she said you've been talking about not having time to do art for you yeah do something for you you've been talking about wanting to draw a bird draw some birds so I started drawing birds the first one I did was a kingfisher Mm. and then Sheridan came up with the idea of running prints off the kingfisher and I hand finished the print with metallic inks and so they were a bit special and yeah and so I brought up a series of five birds before Christmas and that got us through Christmas. They they sold like nobody's business. That's crazy. So So suddenly it went from a pet portrait business Mm. to more an arts business. Yeah Yeah.
0: it's a good segue actually into the business side of arts so do you consider that to be really really important or do you just do your best work and put it out there and hope for the best? No
1: for me it's very important and I think being In restaurant management and being a head chef, and I'm a very organised person, I think that has really helped my type of career. I think for some artists, it's not what they're looking for.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, A friend of mine, Harley Manifold, who's an artist, said the first thing artists need to do when they decide to do it full-time is decide what success means for them. Yeah. For some people, for some like me, who I've got a wife who works part-time and a daughter, financial success is part of that. Yeah some artists cringe at financial success that's not what they Mm. want and that's okay they want to have a different sort of success The success within the arts community or within galleries and that sort of thing um yeah
0: yeah it's good to know that it's really important for you because yeah I do know a lot of artists that don't even think about the concept of money actually a lot of photographers too they're kind of a lot of top line surf photographers get their partner to take care of the admin and business side of yeah, what they do, and they just get out there and take photos. So it's good to know that it's it really can work important to you that way as well. Yeah. But
1: I think a lot of artists also, pres- which is changing, I think now, but a lot of artists really do prescribe to the starving artist archetype as well. And for many, many years, it was kind of daggy if you wanted to earn money from your art. You were seen as a sellout, or yeah. And I think with social media and the internet and all those things that's what's changing it's putting power back into the individual artists yeah so galleries still have a place but they don't have as much power as they did which has happened across the board with music and everything like
2: there's
1: much more power in the individuals if the individuals want it there's still artists who want to be you know some people aren't um, as good as being the contact with their clients Yep. Um, I love that part. That's why I'm in public art as well because I love chatting to people and connecting with people and trying to inspire young people to do art and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, some people hate that stuff. Um, so they're maybe they're better off going and getting represented so that they've got someone speaking on their behalf.
0: Yeah, Yeah. some just like a little bit of a wind gust there. Some like just locking themselves in a room, don't they? So Yeah. in terms of, you know got a little studio on the farm somewhere and lock yourself away and dealing with clients is probably the last thing on your mind. But in your case, if you can deal with clients, then it sounds like it's...
1: And I think that's what a lot of the clients want as well. They want... A lot of people buy art because they want a piece of yeah. the artist. They want to hang the artist on their wall. And they want that connection. Yeah. got a couple of friends, um, Casey Manson, who goes by Grotty Lottie in Hamilton, who's just all about that. She's... Her her whole um, character and who she is online is exactly who she is in person yep. and it's what everyone wants they love her yeah. and her art's beautiful for like people who buy her art love her art as well but they love her and they love the idea of having something of hers on their wall yeah. and I think that's what social media given artists is that ability to connect directly with
0: absolutely a client because you can show your personality on yeah. social too can't you yeah. it's one of the good things about social media and Every artist and uh, creative that we've spoken to so far have extolled the virtues of social media in terms of promoting their personal story. Yeah. Despite, you know, getting the odd, you know, hater or the odd critique here oh, and there.
1: You can't please everyone. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> and that's never about you, that's about them, really.
0: I think there's someone said, I don't know who exactly, but one-third of people will love what you do, one-third will be indifferent, one-third will hate what you do. So Yeah. if you can stick with those numbers, then...
1: I heard Seth Godin interviewed saying that 99.8% of the American population haven't read anything he's written, and it's still a completely viable business. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has a 0.2% niche, it makes it a very viable business, because he can, with social media and the internet, he can actually target them specifically, because he knows who they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear that you listen to Seth Godin. He's a...
1: Yeah, he's amazing.
0: Huge resource and marketing expert and all the rest. He's so extraordinary. Lateral we'll thinker. We'll come to tools and apps in a minute. I just want to fast forward yep. two Better years. to talk
2: about the story.
0: Two years. So two years ago, there was a big story in Warrnambool. It was, we talked about it a little bit in the intro, but we talked about Gutsy the Wombat. So <laughs> basically, <laughs> you live in Warrnambool, you have a house, you walked out of your house one day, and do you want to give us the full rundown of this story just for people who don't who aren't familiar with this story
1: so um, I had been hired by Warrnambool City Council to do a temporary art piece that's right um, out the back of Fishtails Cafe um, in the trompe l'oeil style the 3D style and they wanted it in chalk and I was desperate to show them that chalk wouldn't last so it was a Friday afternoon and it was meant to rain on Saturday so I thought well I'll go down to the bridge outside the house and I'll draw this hole in the bridge and my original thought was to do a hole in the bridge with a owl or something in it and I'm sitting there on my iPad on Procreate designing this thing um, thinking this will be great I'll chalk it up rain will come Saturday it'll wash it away and then I can show council yep. that it's going to last till the first rain and then it'll be gone um, and at the time I had a few jobs pet portraits and things to do and my wife walked past me and said what are you doing? I said I'm just I'm going to go down the bridge and chalk up this thing on the bridge. She's like, what are you talking about? Don't you have heaps of work on? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but this is a practice for the council one. It'll be good. I'm just it'll take me a couple of hours. It's fine. And she's like, well, don't do a bird. That's boring. Do something quirky like a wombat. I was like, oh, brilliant.
0: Do a wombat. That's great. Yeah.
1: So went down to the bridge, chalked up this thing. Um, Actually, did a little shout-out to my...
0: Before you keep going, that was one of our questions on Instagram from one of our listeners, Suzanne. She asked why specifically the wombat, so that answers that. Yeah, it was you. my wife, yeah. <laughs>
1: Creative mentor.
2: <laughs> I'll let you
1: continue. She's all my good ideas.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. We're, it's very much a collaborative business. It's great. Um, so chalked up this thing, and I was covered in black pastel, and people were, I say on the video, people were hooting on the way past, and... Um, it was just a bit of fun. Did a did a JB Loves SM on it as well um, in chalk. And then went inside and I thought... I had messages from people going, did you do it? I love it. And I thought, well, I'll leave it another day because yep. um, it didn't rain on Saturday. It was meant to rain on Sunday. It rained Sunday. Sunday afternoon, it still wasn't off and I went down to wash it off and couldn't. And as the story goes, I found out that my neighbour who at the time I didn't know, um, had seen it as well and decided to put an automotive clear coat over <laughs> it to preserve it forever. This is
0: uh, which Phil? bigger?
1: Phil? Phil Hoy.
0: Phil Hoy, well, yep. big shout out to Phil.
1: Who has a boat
0: called Ship Ahoy. that's Ahoy. best name <laughs> ever. Um, I'm laughing because the documentary or the little interview that you guys did on the ABC is absolutely hilarious. So if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and type in Wombat Mural. Warnable, or just one Wombat mural and it'll come up so yep. do yourself a favor tune in it's about five minutes
1: it's hilarious it's
0: the funniest thing I've ever seen
1: Emily Bislin from the ABC shout out to Emily her she's as well. the one who put she it together um, and I remember in fact first talking to her about it I was interviewed by Radio National and she works in ABC and so I was in their studios doing this interview with Radio National and on the way past she said do you have any other quirky stories I was like have I got a story for you? Check this out. I said, but you can't tell it yet because I actually don't have permission for the artwork yet. Um, council are trying to get it all ticked off, but at the moment it's graffiti and yep. I'm still a bit worried. So until, let's just keep it on the down low until we get permission. And it wasn't for another four or five months that we got permission and within a few days she put it up and oh, wow. it went nuts. Yep. So it went
0: viral. Yeah, it?
1: It went up by a million Views a day. Had
0: a million wow. views a day on yeah. YouTube.
1: Yeah, That's on amazing. Facebook. On Facebook. Yep. Yeah.
0: and YouTube probably just as many. As
1: well. Crazy. You
0: yeah, it was, I remember watching it at work last year in Torquay, and we were just in fits of laughter. So, it's such an amazing story. It's and so quintessentially Aussie. Yeah, like to Phil's credit, he sort of had the idea of putting the polish on it, and it's become permanent. And. It's still there today, isn't it? It's still there today. It's on Google Maps. Nobody is here. You know, really? Yeah. Oh, is wow. it really? So you're
2: talking
1: yeah, you Gutsy up. the Wombat. I think it's... It, yeah, I think it says Gutsy the Wombat. <laughs> Either that or the Warnable Wombat.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: Gutsy. Hilarious. That's
2: cool. Yeah, so
0: if you haven't seen it, make sure you tune in and watch it. So there's Gutsy the Wombat. Has that inspired a bit of a movement in Warrnambool in terms of...
2: Um, there was
1: always a really good art scene in Warrnambool. The yep. F Project Gallery down there... Um, there's, yeah, there's a great community of artists in Warrnambool. So, and there was already a lot of murals um, happening down there. Nathan Pye's done a couple. Gareth Colleton's done a few. Maddie Peters, Fiona Clark. There's a lot of Warnable artists who had been doing street art for, I don't know, 15 years down there. Yeah. So Warnable's I think, been quite good as a council supporting that stuff even if not financially, at least having people's backs and allowing them to do stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, but that one was hilarious.
0: Good segue to our other question from Suzanne on Instagram. Did you expect such a reaction?
1: No, of course not, no. I, I knew, as I was doing it, I knew it was quirky because I'd stand back and look at it and go, wow, that's hilarious, it looks like, because yeah. it literally looks like the wombats knocked this huge chunk of concrete yeah. out of the bridge. Um, but the reaction, well, first of all, I didn't know it'd get any press. It was just this cute thing that I did.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then for a while, I was just worried I was going to get in heaps of trouble. So I contacted council, um, and my contact at council said, "I'm sure it'll be fine. I'll run it past some people, yep. and we'll work it out." She rings me back half an hour later and said, um, "Bad news. We don't own the bridge. It's owned by VicTrack." Oh. And V Line, and they're notorious for coming down hard on this stuff. I'm like, what do we do? She said, leave it with me. I will contact VicTrack, and I will explain the situation, and we'll just see if we can yeah. get it done. And if not, we'll be able to get it off. It's just fine. Just a, a
0: zero tolerance policy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which is fair enough. Yeah. I don't want people
0: to think of all the graffiti in Melbourne and yeah. all the rest that you know is genuine graffiti, not art or creativity. It's just you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But um, then this stuff. was graffiti. It was illegal. Yeah. And the rules are, if it can't yeah. be taken off with a dry rag, it's considered graffiti. So even chalk on a wall is technically you can be you can be booked for. Oh
2: wow.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So you got through it. There was no threat of police or anything like no,
1: that. No. Vic Track loved it. Um, said great, leave it there. And um,
0: now it's become a part of the Warrnambool community. Yeah. yeah. And your, your house is literally.
1: That's the. Yeah. So that's the. So you walk out of every day, you see it.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah, it's a really cool picture too. It literally looks like a little wombat's. It's actually not that great. Burrowed. <laughs> so you're, you're actually not a fan.
1: Um, As far it's as a, technically as an artwork, it was something that was going to be up for two days. Yeah. And it was in chalk. Yeah. I had si- I since then, because when he put the clear coat on it, it really made it quite transparent. You could see the brick wall through it or the, the concrete wall through it. So, once we got permission, I went down and repainted it a bit as well. Yeah. Which a couple of people aren't very happy about because I think All the right. wombat was a bit cuter the first time around. Oh. But, um, Don't so it's now gutsy. painted and clear coated. Phil goes down there every six months and puts another clear coat <laughs> on it. He's just. Are you still g- good
0: mates with Phil to this day? Yeah. 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 Yep.
1: Yep. I was actually walking past his house at about one in the morning the other night, coming back from drinks at the Darton Marlin, and I was walking with a friend. I'm like, Shall I text Phil, see if he's up? Text Phil, he comes out in his jocks. He's like, come in, fellas. He opens <laughs> up his garage door, pulls out his VBs. We sit in his garage for two hours drinking VBs. Yeah, it
0: looks like he doesn't mind a, a beer. Yeah, so he loves a beer. Yeah, He's a bit of a character, that's for sure. So, yeah, we thank Phil for putting a permanent coat on that, on that particular mural. So he's very funny. We can all enjoy it today. He
1: wants to uh, hit council up this year to do... He wants to host... Um, public art tours around Warnable on over summer. Oh cool. <laughs> he
2: wants to be the host. Yeah. And he oh, wants to w- be awesome. Take
1: people around. There's Warnable tours down there. Yep. Um, who have a couple of Mercedes-Benz buses and do so that we're trying to tee it up that he goes yeah. around. He said all he's gonna say is he's drinking from a can and point at something <laughs> and go, another triumph, another triumph yeah. <laughs> That would be great to see Phil in front
0: of the Mercedes bus with a microphone and just going out all about, day.
1: Yeah. And he does not. He does a bit of stand-up as well. Oh, he does. He rings radio stations and pranks them.
2: Really?
0: <laughs>
1: there was one um, thing he did on radio. Uh, Tony Jones, he rang, and they were asking what people are doing over the school holidays. And he rang in and said, um, "I've, got, g'day Tony. I'm in in the car with the kids. We're going down to see the warnable whales. We've got the bread. We're going to feed the whales." And Tony Jones, says, what do you? You're feeding the whales. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, there's a platform. You can go right out. You can pat them and feed them. And and it became this whole thing where Tony Jones and his sidekick were saying how terrible it was that they eat krill. We shouldn't be feeding them. <laughs> and Tony Jones said, if you get a photo, send us a photo. So Phil... Is this
0: Tony Jones Q&A or Tony Jones, the
1: sports reporter? Sports reporter. Um, so they said, send us a photo if you get a photo. So he dressed up in his white overalls that he's in that video and his yeah, yeah. silly trapper hat. And he stands on the whale platform with a bag of bread and holds a piece of bread out sideways and then his mate photoshops this massive whale in behind them <laughs> and, and, a bit in. Of bread. and it got a mention on the footy show. So that's one of his proudest moments too. That's awesome. <laughs> but he's always pranking radio stations. Yeah. Oh,
0: he sounds like a proper character. So from there, did that um, increase your workload? To like yeah, of course. To an increase in demand? And so through
1: social media, yeah. it just exploded. And. Interestingly, because it was a Facebook video, it was my Facebook page that exploded and my Instagram stayed the same. So I went from, not that it's about numbers, but it sort of is sometimes, went from 3,000 followers to 12,000 followers in a matter of two weeks. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's every influence. And that's just
1: your audience, isn't it? Yeah. You know, increasing your your reach. and.
0: There's no seven-step program to... No, Triple year No, but part of that as well, I think, followers.
1: which is what I truly believe in, is that following the thing that makes you, that brings you joy. Yeah. Yep. I was literally doing that Wombat for fun.
2: Yeah.
1: It was a, a practice, but a lot of it was just going, this is going to be, it's going to give people a laugh. Let's just, I'm going to yeah. go down and do it. Yeah. So following things, and I do that all the time now, like following things that make you happy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I give advice to people all the time on that, like I had my cousin ring me asking for advice on his business and I said, what, which of the three options yeah. makes you smile, he's like this one. I'm like, well, "Who? Are you, what do you need to ask anyone for, yeah. just go and do it.
0: Have to enjoy it. I yeah. think it's really good advice for budding artists and creatives and entrepreneurs, so yeah. I think Jim, that applies to a lot of people.
1: Jim Carey talks about it at a university speech he gave where he said his dad was I think an accountant or something all his life and failed at accountancy where all he wanted to do was stand-up comedy. And he said, if my dad can fail at something he hates, mm. why don't I give something I love a crack? Yeah. Yep. Like, if you can fail at what you don't like,
2: yep.
1: it's worthwhile giving what you do like a shot.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of Yvonne Chouinard. I'm a big fan of his, the founder of Patagonia. Yep. It They said to him, you know, he's a billionaire now. Like he's, I don't think he cares about how much money he's got, but just to demonstrate his authority... Uh, they said, you know, what's your number one piece of advice for young entrepreneurs? And he said, just follow your passion. That was it. Yep. Just follow your passion. Full stop. Yep. And they're like, is there anything else to this? He's like, no, that's it. That's it. He followed his passion for mountain climbing and building tools and equipment and all the rest. So, and it led to Patagonia. Yeah. Which is a totally different business now, but yeah. just followed it's his passion. It's an amazing business. So, yeah. And if we can fast forward again another two years to uh, the present day. So, are you still doing pet portraits? No. No? Not so anymore. mostly your income now and your art is murals and commissions and
1: a lot of public art and wildlife public. commissions. Yeah.
0: Yep. Mainly. And come naturally through your profile, or is that something you've really targeted?
1: I guess it's something that I'm interested in. Um, after the wombat video happened, I got work with wherever the open range zoo, which was around that stuff as well. And I don't know, it's just where I love our native animals and highlighting endangered species and so it's sort of just where it's naturally lent yeah.
0: yeah and obviously a big passion for australian wildlife
1: yeah which formed a big part we won a pick my project grant a year and a half ago which was that victorian government grant that happened so after the wombat we got such an amazing um response from it that we thought well let's see if there's some funding my wife was actually saying, let's see if there's some funding around something where we can... Because we got so many people were saying that, that little mural changed their day. They woke up in a bad mood and saw the mural and it brought a smile to their face and just made them smile yeah. for the rest of the day. And we're like, well, let's see if there's some sort of, I don't know, mental health grant or arts and health grant yeah. where we can do some of these things with that as the target. Yeah. And the next day, Sheridan saw this Pick My Project thing. So we put a pitch in. And at that time, the video hadn't happened but the mural had and we were getting people talking about it and by the time Pick My Projects the process all happened we applied it was accepted and the day it was launched I think was six days after the Wombat video happened so this, the timing was incredible Yeah. so all these people who were voting for other projects would also then see uh, this Wombat as yeah. our profile picture Yeah. We go oh that would be a good that one guy. to vote for yeah. and we yeah. ended up getting the most votes outside of Melbourne Metro alright Across the state. So that gave us some money to do four other murals in Warnable. Yep. Which one is opposite the Wombat Bridge, which is an emu. Oh,
2: yeah, I like that one. One is
1: on another bridge, which was a collaboration with Sinead Murphy, which she's a graphic designer artist who does all these beautiful, sort of simplistic colours and stuff around native flora. And then I did these high detailed bees and butterflies over the top. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I did a couple of blue wrens in a bus stop. And then we've got one that I'm still going to keep working on just because it's so much fun, even though the project's finished. Um, which we've called Flight of a Thousand Birds. Oh, that, which, one, that one's my favourite. Yeah, nice. I like that one. Which at the moment is only I think about thirty birds. So we've got a few birds to go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll just paint it for years. Keep I mean, going. Yeah. 970
0: to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like,
1: it's figuratively a thousand birds, but yeah.
2: Yeah, that, <laughs> but
0: that's cool. sounds like you're really busy. So probably a good segue, Jess, to ask about some tools and other things to keep you on track
2: we've well, mentioned a few during the podcast things that you use like the ipad um the program on your ipad what yep one was procreate. That procreate terrible
1: name brilliant brilliant program <laughs> Procreate. it's taking over photoshop for a lot of people yeah. it's australian d- designed and owned yep. small team i think in adelaide um and it uses the apple pencil and the iPad, and it's all with layers and yep. different brushes. It is the most tactile, amazing app. Perfect. And for my work, because I do this 3D chalk art and 3D murals, I can design, using photos and illustration, I can design it on the iPad and then take a photo of the area I want it in and superimpose them on top of each other, and then I've got a reference. Yeah. So There's an artist, Rones who does it's called the squiggly grid but he came up with this instead of using a linear grid he'll draw squiggles and circles and stars and all over the wall and take a photo of that and then superimpose yep over the top so it's that kind of thing oh, So wow. for I do all of sort of the design construction work on, on the iPad yep it's great
0: any alternative to Photoshop I'm all for because I've
1: I hate the subscription thing.
0: Editing a lot of photos on Photoshop and just basic stuff. You gotta, you gotta have a computer science degree to know some of the stuff.
1: Yeah. Once you get the hang of it, it's fine. But for photography, I don't think really procreates a thing. It's more, it's actually Illustrator I'm thinking of. Photoshop
2: uses it as well.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And do you have any other apps or things that you use for your business or your art?
1: Um. I'm a bit of a coming from a chef's background and restaurant management background I do a lot I've got a lot of spreadsheets like yep. even for my artworks I've built this spreadsheet of pricing yep. scales um, I don't know yeah and I mean I've got a wall planner that, but just simple stuff I just yep. I try and be very organized yeah I think a big part of having a successful career especially in public art and commissioned art is being reliable yeah so when someone contacts me and says can you do this if I'm not organized I don't know if I can or not yeah. until I sit down and work it out. But if I've got a wall planner, I go, I can put it in that week. Yeah. And on the phone, I can say, yeah, I could get it done by this date. Mm-hmm. And as long as they know, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. got a couple of jobs that I've put back until next year just because I'm too busy. And yeah. But they know that it's next year. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that's interesting to hear because you get the general impression with a lot of artists, that you know, that's take what you can get and, you know, um, just... <laughs> I guess uh, one way to explain it would be following the direction of the wind, you know, whatever's going at the time, but it sounds like you're really structured <laughs> and organised. So Yeah, um, I think
1: diversification is huge for me as well. Is that a good analogy, Jack? <laughs>
2: Sorry, I just found that really funny. <laughs> follow, <laughs> follow, follow the, the direction the of the wind. Is that a quote saying? I don't know, I'm you never... know when you That's my new quote. We're going to
0: call it this podcast, and follow hunker. the direction of the wind. Yeah,
1: <laughs> go with the flow. Yeah. Go with the flow.
0: Yeah. There you go. But it's not that at all. Very structured, very organized. Yeah. You know, planning out with spreadsheets and
1: and I think the diversification like I do a lot of public art, um, I do a lot of private commissions I do and then I've got these two books that I've do with these two trick of the eye books. So yeah. having many different things. Mm. I used to do blackboards for restaurants and bars in Warrnambool. Yep. I used to do pet portraits. So I think having a few yeah. different things on the go is really good
0: sounds like a matter of diversifying your, your income streams, yeah. to yeah. put it bluntly in a yeah. business sense
1: and the prints are great for that um oh yeah you
2: know the the silos that you've done is that you? Did,
1: yeah one water one? tower in Lismore
2: yeah how do you like get up do you have to hire a crane and like
1: yeah it's a cherry picker like a, oh, yeah, yeah. a boom lift yeah. yeah so that that was hairy because I'm I've historically been petrified of heights, Yeah. so I pitched for that water tower thinking there's no way I'll get it but it'll be a good thing to go for because yeah. I'd never really pitched publicly for anything in that way yep. and then I got shortlisted to three and then I got the job I was like oh it's crazy um, <laughs> now I've got to actually man up and yeah get this done so I had to get a ticket you've got to get a high-risk work license oh, and, right. yeah. and in the high-risk work license I'm in the 80 foot boom and you have to take it to full tilt so it's 80 feet yes. vertically up in the Some air. those
0: silos are massive. Yeah this one Victorian. was only
1: 16 meters this All was right. a water tower which still is quite still big. still, yeah. still yeah. tall yeah. Still a fair drop and yeah. I, did a, um, <laughs> I did a time-lapse video of the whole process yeah. while I was painting it. it took me three weeks to paint yep. and day one and two was just the undercoats and I've watched back the time-lapse and you see me get in the boom and, of course, it's time-lapse, so it goes quickly. Walk in the boom, go to the top, and then you see me zoo, 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 spraying all the way to the bottom. Then I hop out of the boom and walk around for about 10 minutes. Oh, really? And I remember just going, oh, shit, oh,
2: shit, oh, shit. I
0: was <laughs> so scared. Get back in go up again. <laughs> I actually pictured you abseiling down the, the face of the God, silo man. and painting Maybe all day long. You put your
2: feet on the, the paint. Well, Michelangelo
0: used to get the scaffolding, and he used to just lay upside down. He went yeah. blind doing it, didn't he? did he? I think he did. Maybe. I think that was the story on the oh. tour. <laughs> Maybe the direction of the wind. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Another one of those.
1: So by the end of the Lismore thing I wasn't afraid of heights anymore. Oh. You're not? No. So now yeah. I've got another one. I'm, um, me and Davy Jones have scored the contract for the Avoca silo oh, which right. is much taller than the Lismore water tower. Yeah. How tall well, is that one? Uh, it's about 26 to the okay. top Ooh, 10 metres one. so Davy Jones is a he did the seal in Liebig Street that's the, the sculpture yep mm-hmm. so he's a welder and engineer and so he's doing a, a sculpture element and I'm doing tying in the mural element cool
0: oh, wow. we look forward yeah. to seeing that
1: yeah mm-hmm. we've got a couple of secrets that are happening with that one too yeah the Evoke one's amazing actually they've got it's a whole um, I don't know what you'd call it a community hub so there's It's at the old train station. There's three buildings. One is already a cafe gallery. Then one of the huge buildings where they used to repair the trains is going to be a um, little arts studio hub. And then there's going to be a retail space. And then the the silo is going to have the murals on each side and out of one building. And then the front face is going to have nothing on it. And they're going to be doing films, movies screened onto the silo at night. So it's going to be this whole community hub cool. Is that an exclusive for the
0: Surf Coast creators? Yeah, podcast? I don't even know if I'm supposed to have
2: said that. Well, there <laughs> we'll we go.
0: <laughs> it's great to see actually so much happening in regional Victoria. In yeah, terms it's of fantastic. Yeah. So a lot of those silos have been done across Horsham, Hamilton, Ballarat, yeah. all sorts of places.
1: Some extraordinary silos too. Yeah. Yes. Oh my a couple God. of
0: silos in Geelong got taken down, but... Oh, that was Roane's silo, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I think that's where it all started, didn't it? He's so extraordinary. That was amazing, that, that picture. Yeah. Driving that's up really, from Ballarat yeah, into Geelong. Real people were up in arms about it
1: and he was like you know
0: this is part of it exactly what's happened there is that a housing development now I think so yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. but it's always a risk Yeah. Yeah. part of it you know that it's going to stay up for a certain length of time and then it's up to the grain grain core or whoever owns the silos
0: what's going to happen with it. yeah Yeah. do their thing Uh, Jimmy been chatting for almost an hour very conscious you have to get back to your your work on the murals so our final question on inspiration who inspires you Oh,
1: God, so many people.
2: You've mentioned a few during the podcast. Well, yeah, and yeah.
0: locally,
1: I take a lot of inspiration, like business-wise and in that way of connecting with your clients. Um, Casey Mason, who's Grotty Lottie, is really inspiring. Yeah. Um, Jasmine Mansbridge from Hamilton is really inspiring. Local artists like Carolyn Healy. And I really do take inspiration from people who are around me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and there's such an amazing arts community in uh, in Warrnambool.
2: Yeah.
1: Um is it, uh Manson Co, what's her name? Amanda Manson Co on um, Instagram. She does these beautiful geometric kind of birds and animals on oh, wow. timber. Oh, yeah. she's got stuff at Boom Gallery in Geelong and Oh, cool. She's amazing. Yeah,
2: so and then street art-wise,
1: there's so many. Yeah, Roan's is one. Too many to list. I mean, Adnate, who doesn't like what Adnate does? He's just incredible. He did a mural down in Warnable on the TAFE building, four stories tall of these two Indigenous faces um, on the corner of a building. Yep. Finished it in four days. Wow. And that's the most incredible thing you've seen.
2: Four days? Four
1: days. That's including the background.
2: Wow. Do you sleep? Just
1: yeah, no, that's just day hours. He's an absolute monster. Amazing. I don't know how he does it.
0: Is that getting into a like a photographic type memory where you just sort of?
1: Yeah, and I think he's just so he, he's all cans. Yep. Um, he's just really good at what he does, and he's, you know, getting to. I mean, the point you do it.
0: You don't have to reference a photograph per se. You just kind of it's kind of in your head. Which is that
1: goes back to that practice thing. Is yeah. it nurture or nature? I mean, when I was st- when I started pet portraits, it would take me a week. Yeah. And I ended up, I was knocking them out in six or seven hours, yeah. and they were twice as good as the ones that took me a week. Because yeah. you just get better. Yeah. Yeah. Understand your materials more
0: and. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that was our final question. So, your number one piece of advice for um, artists? We kind of went through it before, but for me, it's follow your joy. Follow, your follow joy. the thing
1: that makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then be courageous. I yep. think true courage. Is rare, and I actually think it's more rare in men than women. I think men like to think they're courageous, but I don't think we are. Yep. And for me, that's mostly evident in the fact that I was going to quit chefing, and my wife told me to quit. Yeah. I mean, I was going to quit art, and my wife told me to quit chefing.
2: Yeah.
1: I would never have had the courage to quit my day job. Wow.
0: That's uh, a good way to look at it, actually. Mm. It's been, yeah, because you're you kind of expected to bring home the bacon, aren't you? And bring home a steady income, and it can be frightening to yeah. walk away from something like that.
1: And it's just that the society pressures that's...
0: Yeah. But, th- yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know. Who am I? I've been <laughs> doing this for five years.
0: You're Jimmy Busker <laughs> international artist.
1: Yeah, I'm very careful about giving advice, because I don't think there's a an answer. yeah. yeah. And that's why I think follow your joy is the best answer because that's different for everybody.
0: Yeah. And it is case by case for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. You, know, you can't say, hey, quit your job. And,
1: you know. There was a young girl who drew me for the Junior Warner Ball this year and she was, at the start we were chatting and she said, have you got any advice? And I said, the only advice i get is get in a good, happy place and then do the drawing. And if you start making a mistake and crack it, walk away and get in a good place before you go back to it just yep. always work from that joyous open-hearted place Yeah.
0: We're make mm. sure we put that in the notes to the podcast yeah. I think it's really good advice for not just artists but budding creatives entrepreneurs as well so yeah. yeah Jimmy we're coming up to an hour like an hour on a podcast doesn't do your story any justice at all but we've got, we've got a snippet of your story and we thank you so much for being so transparent and honest no
2: and worries. telling us about
0: your yeah. profile yeah, we really appreciate it. So where can we go to continue following your story?
1: Um, my social media is Jimmy buscom Artist on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Um, There's a little a under,
0: underscore, isn't there?
1: In Instagram, it's jimmy oh, yes. underscore yeah. artist underscore buscom. Uh, jimmy underscore buscom underscore artist, yeah. Um, and then I've got a website as well that's just my name, J-I-M-M-I, because right. when I was playing music at the age of 21 and wanted to be unique uh, and interesting... Yeah. I uh, gave it an iron stick and I was coming from a graphic design thing, I didn't like the way a Y hung below oh, yeah. the line, whereas a J like set a above space. the line. Yep.
2: It
0: was out of balance. Oh, there we go, <laughs> we've got another little insight into the Jimmy behind Jimmy. <laughs> the obsessive compulsive insight. <laughs> That's yeah. cool, so we already follow you, so we can't wait to see how these murals go and these the silos come And are they just
2: well. up until the end of December? Or the yeah,
0: end? they're all in chalk, so they're in a tempera
1: chalk. Um, powder that I've mixed with hairspray and water yep. so they'll last a couple of rains if they have to but yep. then they can be high-pressure hosed off
2: right. could
0: just call in Phil to work out how to keep those permanent he's so. not coming this way <laughs> keep him away from him <laughs> <laughs> and Jess where can we go to keep following Surf Coast Creatives
2: uh, so we have the um, website you can go there surfcoastcreatives.com we're on the Facebook Creatives. it's all one word and instagram Creatives as well all there
0: on social thanks for those questions from our listeners on instagram too keep those coming through and give us a rating of today's episode tell us what you thought otherwise jimmy thanks very much for your time today we really appreciate it and thanks for telling us your story thanks for the chat like i said on instagram when i first approached you it was like
1: hanging out with a couple of mates and it's exactly how i feel it's great (laughs) it's such a comfy Easy
0: sitting on the grass chat. I really appreciate it. We are literally in the park. Behind the library. (laughs) It's a bit of wind, but it's been a lot of fun, so we thank you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me.